You're listening to the Fellowship Baptist Church Sermon Podcast. Fellowship Baptist Church is located in Clark Lake, Michigan. Today we're very excited to have a special guest speaker with us. Now let's prepare our hearts as our special guest brings forth God's truth from His Word today. 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verses 4 through 7. We're going to be making our way quickly. All of our messages have been up to verse 4, and tonight we're going through verses 4 through 7. We are out of control tonight. We are, we are kicking it up into fifth gear tonight. Calvary covers it all. Our past with its sin and shame. You know, um, that's what it's all about. We, how many thousands and thousands of songs have been written about the gospel? I don't know if you noticed it, but actually in that song, and I love songs like this, there was a clear presentation of the gospel in that song, uh, walking you through uh, what Jesus Christ did on the cross, why he did it, what we need to do, and what that does for us. I just, I love songs that literally preach the gospel every time you sing them. I just think it's so cool. We can never hear enough about the gospel of Jesus Christ. It's something we should wake up with on our hearts and on our minds. It's what we should think about when we have our devotions. It's what we should remember every day when we fail and we sin, that it's the gospel of Jesus Christ that forgives us. It's the gospel of Jesus Christ that gives us the power to continue on and to go forward. And I'm telling you, it's just the, the more I study the scriptures, it's just, it's all about the gospel. Even as you read through um, uh, the New Testament and you read through the epistles, you cannot even make your way through a chapter before Paul is talking about the gospel. Doing this because of the gospel. We, because of the gospel, we do this. Because of Jesus Christ and his gospel, we do this. Because of the power we have in Jesus Christ and the gospel, we have the power to do this. I mean, it's just, it's nonstop gospel, 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 the entire New Testament. Of course, the whole Old Testament points to Jesus, whole New Testament points back at Jesus. So it's all about the gospel. We, we always need to remember that. And everything that we do here at the church is all about the gospel of Jesus Christ. First uh, Corinthians chapter 12, verses 4 through 7. The Bible says, Now there are diversity of gifts, but the same Spirit. And there are different administrations, but the same Lord. And there are uh, diversities of operations, but the same God, which worketh all in all. But the manifestation of the Spirit is given to every man to profit with all. Tonight I want to talk about unity in diversity. Unity in diversity. Let's pray. Dear Lord, thank you for this day. Thank you for all your wonderful blessings. I pray that you'll just bless this lesson tonight, bless the, the truths of your word, and just help them to speak to us and, and continue to have your word train us on how to become more effective members of the body of Christ, exactly who we are, what that means, and the functions that we are supposed to have. And just thank you for, for outlining all of this in your word. Thank you for the scriptures, and, and thank you for coming down and dying on the cross for our sins that that we here tonight, each and every one of us that know Jesus Christ, our own personal Savior, we are bound together tonight through the gospel of you. And just thank you for that, and I just pray that you will bless this lesson tonight in your name. Amen. Uh, we talked a couple weeks ago, because we had a missionary last week, but we talked a couple weeks ago, and I gave a, a quick illustration about a car and all the parts of a car and how each one of those uh, pieces of a car work together together. Uh, towards the goal of making that car move. 
And, uh, you know, I gave the illustration about a spark plug. And last uh, couple weeks ago, I said a spark plug is an insignificant piece. Eli pointed that out. That's not what I meant to say. I meant to say it seems like an insignificant piece, but it's very significant because he, I tell you what, you, you, can't, you can't get away with something like that with a mechanic, all right? I mean, this guy, he's like, hey, you're talking my, uh, you're talking my business here. Don't, don't be messing with that. So yeah, spark plug, very significant piece of a car. Seems like a very tiny, insignificant piece, but yet if a spark plug doesn't work, the entire car can uh, you know not function correctly so you know the whole point of the illustration is each member of the body of Christ is a unique part even though you know you got a car all different types of pieces um, even within that engine so many different uh, uh, parts of that car I mean under the you mean uh, what the bearings and the wheels just you put the whole car together tons of pieces all work together for one purpose that car and that's the beauty that each part so different yet has a very specific function. Parts that you don't even see have very specific purposes and functions. And of course, you know, we, we use that to illustrate the body of Christ and how we all have a very specific function in the body of Christ. And, you know, sometimes we feel, we may feel that uh, we are insignificant when it comes to being a Christian. I know there are those that feel like they are in insignificant. Or maybe that there may be times where we're serving the Lord and it feels like what we're doing, does it really even matter? Does it matter? Is what we're doing really even making a difference? Um, you know, uh, perhaps we feel like what we, we just don't have anything to contribute to the work of the Lord. I just don't got anything. I really don't got any gifts and abilities. I'm not good with talking with people. Uh, to be honest with you, I don't really even like people. And you know, how can I contribute to the body of Christ? And, you know, um, or maybe we feel that we just really don't have anything to offer. I really don't have any gifts and abilities. I, I hear that uh, that's, a, that's a common theme from young people. They, there's so many times where they're just like, I just don't have any gifts and abilities. I remember thinking that same thing when I was a young person. So let's look at this passage and continue to see kind of what God has to say about this and how God talks about unity and diversity. Last week we talked about unity and humility. How when there's humility in the church, or this was a couple weeks ago, how the, when there's humility in the church, the Lord can bring unity into that. And, you know, here at this time, there was a lot of misunderstandings about spiritual gifts. God had clearly blessed the church at Corinth with tons of spiritual gifts and over an abundance of spiritual gifts. But there was confusion about exactly what those were, how they were to be used. And clearly God had given them. Why did God give them those gifts? So that they could minister to each other, so that they could minister in the church, and so that they could reach the world with the gospel, reach their community with the gospel. However, this church was being totally ineffective at what God had called them to do. And, you know, to, to understand, the, to get down to the root problem of what they were struggling with was pride. And that's what we talked about last time was the pride that they were dealing with. And you know, we talked about how so many times in the church, pride can be a crippling factor to the mission of the gospel. Pride can be uh, totally devastating to a church, you know, individual pride, uh, pride that can cause tension within the church, maybe tension with other believers, um, that pride that, that is there. Uh, maybe even there's some churches that, that um, you know, and may this never be, be said about us, but they have a pride about who they are, right? And they look at, oh, you're, those are the unbelievers. Oh, psh, you know, dirty, they're sinners. No, 
Those are people that need Jesus Christ. You know, and, and sometimes the church can become sort of an inclusive club. It's like, no, these are just our people. <laughs> like, stay away. That's not the way God created it to work. Those are people that need the gospel of Jesus Christ just as we need the gospel of Jesus Christ, just as we were once lost and in sin. We all need the gospel of Jesus Christ. So pride can be so crippling to the gospel going forth in so many different facets in different ways and we talked about that and then we also talked about uh, the destructive nature of gossip in a church and how gossip hurts your relationships gossip hurts credibility gossip hurts the progress of the gospel and the progress of the church and and you can't properly disciple people if you're a person that gossips Uh, if you're a gossiper you can't disciple people and that's one of the main missions we have been called to do as Christians and as believers, is to evangelize, lead people to Christ, and disciple them. And you can't do that if you're a gossip, because people won't trust you, all right? So that's kind of where we were last time when we talked about how when we are, when there's humility in the church, how that brings unity to the church. Isn't it just great? Don't you just enjoy being around humble people? And uh, when there's just a group of, of humble people, and you can just get together and fellowship, and there's no agendas, and and there's no tearing down other people. It's just refreshing and enjoyable to be around. And so now we're going to look at kind of these next verses and look how there is unity in diversity. Unity in diversity or unity in the diversity of gifts. All right, verse 4, the Bible says, Now there are diverse, uh, excuse me, there are diversity of gifts, but the same Spirit. There are diversity of gifts, but the same Spirit. There are different gifts given to the church, but they are all given from the same Spirit. This is what this verse is saying. This is what Paul is saying here at the church at Corinth. There are different gifts given to the church, but they are all given by God. Different gifts, all of you, different giftedness, different things, given by the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit, God is the one that determines the gifts that you get, okay? Um, I wish it was, I, you know, it's, it's, when we get saved, it's not like we get to walk into a giant white room and then the, the wall opens up and all, there's all these gifts and you get to go, ooh, I think I'll take exhortation. That, I think I'll take that gift or I'll take the gift of giving because nobody would take that gift. Uh, <laughs> whenever I see someone with the gift of giving, I'm like, that is clearly from the Lord, uh, because that is definitely goes against our nature. Um, or, you know, we don't get the gift of pride. We don't, that's not the way it works. When we accept Jesus Christ as our own personal Savior, God is the one that chooses your spiritual gifts, all right? We don't, we don't have to earn our spiritual gifts, by the way. It's not, it's not like we have to go through some, tri- um, um, some type of trials or or competitions to like get a better gift all right there are no better gifts or worse gifts they all work together uh, to accomplish the work Um, uh, you know let's be honest we don't deserve the gifts god gives us okay you if you know jesus christ is your personal savior you've been given a spiritual gift but there's nothing that says that's something you deserve we do you don't deserve gifts all right? If you get something that you deserve, then it's not a gift. A gift, by its very nature, is something you don't deserve. All right? Something that has been freely 
given to you. All right? So we don't even deserve our spiritual gifts. They've been freely given to us by God. God and God alone is the source of our gifts. Understanding this, then we really have no reason to ever get prideful about gifts that we have. They've been freely given to us. We've done nothing to earn them. Any gift you have, any gift and ability, and I'm talking about spiritual gift, physical gift, mental gift. Some people are very mentally gifted. None of those things are things that you have done yourself. Those are all things that God has freely given to you. All right? So, so that, by its very nature, should take away our pride um, because we've done nothing to earn our gifts and we certainly don't deserve our gifts. Once again, it's, it's, it's pride, coming back to pride, it's pride to be jealous of somebody else's gift. All right? Somebody else's gift or ability or, or something somebody else does, that's pride to be jealous of that. This was the problem going on here at the Church of Corinth, right? The, the members were, were, were being jealous of other people's gift. Maybe, maybe they felt like their gift wasn't, didn't have the forefront that somebody else's gift had, or they wanted to, to, you know, different gifts have different functions. They just didn't like their function. They liked the function of that gift. And they were getting jealous of other people's gifts. One person might have thought they deserved a different gift. Another person might have thought God gave them the wrong gift. Or one might have said that, you know, something like, if I had, and this is, I've seen this happen, is that if I had that person's giftedness, then I would do something for the Lord. But I just don't really have giftedness. That person's so gifted, it's obvious why they're doing something for the Lord. All right? So maybe that was the mindset. Having this mindset is clearly pride against God himself. Why would I say that having that type of mindset, whether being jealous of somebody else's gift or, or, or um, uh, wishing you had a different gift than the one you had, why would that be pride? Because it's pride by its very nature because you are now lifting your own intellect above God. Because what you're saying is God made a mistake. You're saying, I know better than God because I should have that gift. Now listen, there's gifts I wish I had, okay? There's some gifts I wish I had. My, my wife and I were listening to um, the radio or we were listening to um, Amazon Music uh, yesterday when we were, or a couple Monday when we were driving and uh, there was a, uh, a lady singer on one of the CDs we have and she has such a good voice. And I looked at my wife and I'd be like, wouldn't it be awesome to have a voice like that? And she's like, that would be amazing. Right? And so obviously there's things that we wish we could do like other people. And, uh, but that's, that's not what I'm talking about. But I'm talking about not being envious of those things. Or even making an excuse for not doing something for the Lord because you don't have the gift that somebody else has. Listen, when God gave you a spiritual gift, God never says, oops. Right? Oops is not in God's vocabulary. All right? God doesn't make mistakes. He doesn't mess up, right? What's the, what's the one thing you never want to hear a doctor say? <laughs> Sorry, that was just a dumb joke. <laughs> never want to hear a doctor say oops. Anyways, get it? <sighs> Rough crowd tonight. Rough crowd. Listen, God has a very special plan for each and every one of our lives. God has a special plan and a special design 
for our lives. Very quickly, and we're not going to look a lot at this, but let's go to uh, Psalms chapter 39, or excuse me, 139. I preached a whole series of messages through this um, last year, or was it this year? I can't remember. Anyways, it was going to some different camps, and I preached a whole series of messages through this chapter. But this whole chapter talks about the depth of God's knowledge which, with each and every one of us. How much he knows us. How he, he knows everything about us. How he had a special plan designed for each and every one of us. Uh, let's read verses 1 through verse 4. It says, O Lord, thou hast searched me and known me. Thou knowest my downsittings and my uprisings. Just think about that. God knows every time you stand up and every time you sit down. I bet you, you don't even know that. How many times have you stood up and sat down today? Thou knoweth my downsittings and my uprisings. Thou understandeth my thoughts afar off. He understands every thought we have, God knows. That could either bring us great comfort or great fear. Verse 2, or verse 3. Thou compassest my path and my lying down and are acquainted with all of my ways. For there is not a word on my tongue, but lo, Lord, thou knowest it all together. Let's look at verse 13. For thou hast possessed my reins. Thou hast covered me in my mother's womb. I will praise thee, for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Marvelous are thy works, and thy soul knoweth it right well. My substance was not hid from thee when I was made in secret and and curiously wrought in the lowest parts of the earth. Thine eyes did see my substance, and yet being imperfect. And in thy book all my members were written, which in the countenance were fashioned, when as yet there was none of them. All right, I mean, if you really just unpack all of the scripture and what it's saying, it's about how God, from the very conception, God, every part of you, the way you were going to look, the, the, your personality, the, the giftedness you were going to have, everything about you, God knew and has a special design for it. He, he wrote all of them down. There's no accidents with God. So God, uh, he knows us intimately. He knows what's best for us. And the gifts he has given us have been given to us for a very specific purpose. Your spiritual gifts have been given to you for a very specific purpose. And when we trust God and when we embrace who God has made us, um, when we embrace, and I'm talking about our flaws and imperfections and all those things, and we just realize this is the way God has made us. And I'm not saying like, you know, that to justify sin, because I hear people, this is just the way God made me. No, that's sin and wickedness. That's, that's not okay. But I'm, I'm talking about, you know, the, the physical way, these things, the spiritual gifts he's given you. And when we accept that and we embrace it, then God can truly start to use us to our full potential. You know, what would you think about a guy who was, who is, um, and here's the thing too, people are so much more gifted than they think they are. The problem is, is that they're always looking at other people's gifts. They're always looking at somebody else who's actually utilizing their gifts. But you have gifts and abilities. You have a spiritual gift from God. What would you think about a, a young man that was so gifted in basketball and, and you know, you, you knew he was gifted in basketball. He was clearly very good. And, um, but all this kid could ever think about is how he wished he could be the coach. And he's like, he'd play basketball, but he's always frustrated because he wishes he was the coach and he was the one telling other people what to do. 
Or maybe he played down low, for those of you that know positions, that he played down low, and, uh, but he always wanted to play point guard. You know, he always wanted to be the guy that controlled the ball. Extremely gifted, but if he's always concerned about not being the coach and not being able to tell everybody what to do and not being the guy that controls the ball, and that's all he focuses on, is he ever going to reach his potential? Absolutely not, because he's focused on everybody else, and he's not focused on developing and growing who he is and accepting that fact. It's really a waste of potential. He'll never reach it. We need to embrace the way God made us, embrace the giftedness God has given to each and every one of us. There are no accidents with God. We all have a very important part to play, and we need to recognize God has an important part for us to play in his body, in the body of Christ. Verse 4, now there are diversity of gifts, but the same spirit. Here's another note about spiritual gifts, and we kind of mentioned it, but, but oh, let me ask you this. Why do you give a gift to somebody? Why do you give a gift to somebody? What is the purpose of a gift? If you are the gift giver, what is the purpose of giving someone a gift? Well, you want to show them your love, right? I would say a main purpose of giving someone a gift is to show, you, show them that you love them. You know, that's what God has done for us. His gifts have been freely given as an expression of love. Uh, I would assume you give people gifts to be used, right? When you give a gift, you want somebody to use that gift. Actually, nothing is better on the part of a gift giver than to see that gift being used, right? Isn't that what brings you the ultimate joy is to see that gift being used and, 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 and being used for the purpose that you gave it? You, you, you do it to show them you're thinking about them. You do it to benefit them. You know, it's getting, uh, it's hard to believe that Christmas is right around the corner. Oh, Thanksgiving. Already talking, man. This, these months go by so fast. It, it's crazy. It's just like click, 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 day by day. And it's, oh my goodness, Christmas is going to be here before we know it. And uh, it's getting around gift buying time. Now, some of you might have already been buying gifts. All right. That was... Uh, that I know uh, Dawn and Isaac aren't here, but she's always so good about thinking ahead of time. And like if she'll find a good deal throughout the year, she'll get it and put it away. I, I do not have that foresight. Um, but it's gift getting time. All right. And, you know, Black Friday is coming up. I know a lot of you like like taking advantage of that. I know the West Timers do. They're they're hardcore Black Friday shoppers. I did that one time and man, that was not that was not my thing. I was like, I am not strong enough for this. I got, I got to Target, I got to Target like three hours, they were opening, like three hours before they were opening, which I thought was like, like three hours, the line was, it was crazy. There was probably 2,000 people in line. It was unreal. It wrapped around it, all the way around, past the entrance in the back of the mall if you guys know how that it was insane and i was like mm. <laughs> my favorite part about christmas shopping is just getting on amazon when i'm in bed and pushing uh, uh purchase now two days before christmas because i thank the lord for two-day uh shipping but listen christmas purchasing that's the the heart you know when you when you the, you got to 
buy somebody a gift and we're looking to buy them gifts and we want to get, you want a guy buy something, somebody something special, right? Something that they'll use and the best way to do that is to really know the person and, and the better you know the person, the more you can get a gift that's really uniquely tailored to them, right? What you might get somebody they might not even care about and you buy that for somebody else and that will be a huge deal to them, right? So, so buying something, it's not even really about the money, it's about getting that thing that can really be used by that person. That thing that that person gets and, and when they open it and you know, I mean like the best gift givers is when they know that person so well, that person doesn't even realize they need it and then, and then they open it and they're like, wow, this is amazing. And then like a month later, they're like, how did I ever live without this, right? That, I mean, you have so much foresight, you know what they need before they even know it. That's like the ultimate gift getter, right? Or gift giver, be able to give somebody a gift like that. And, and of course, like I said, the ultimate show of whether it was a good gift is if they use it and if it's something they really utilize. And, and you know, that makes you feel bad if you find out they never even used your gift. Or that, and I know none of you would ever do this, but they re-gift your gift. Oh, that's like, that's the, that's the bottom of the barrel right there is when they re-gift your gift. Or <laughs> they re-gift it and you open it up and it's the gift you gave them. That would be, that you gave it to them the year before, that would be, that would be, that would be rough. And I know that has happened. But listen, God has given us gifts that have been perfectly tailored for who we are. He knows everything about you. He knows your intricacies. And he has gifted you with a specific gift tailored for you specifically. Now, there are diversity of gifts, but the same spirit. He has given those gifts, and God has given you your spiritual gift to be used. He has not given you your spiritual gifts so that gift could sit on a shelf. He has not given you your gifts and abilities so that just nothing would happen with them. He's given us gifts, just like you give gifts to be used. God has given us gifts in our life to be used. Have you ever seen somebody with so many natural gifts and abilities and they just waste them? Isn't that just the saddest thing? And, and, um, you know, I'm sure the older you get, you know, you just start seeing patterns, right? And you, and you, the same things repeat themselves over and over again. You're just able to observe things more. And, and it's, it's really not that hard to see somebody, especially a young person that has a lot of giftedness, natural giftedness. And, and it's, there's nothing more tragic than when a young person with natural giftedness wastes it on what the Bible calls riotous living right? They just, they just waste it. They use it for their own agenda. They use it for their own end, or they totally ignore the gifts that were given them. I was talking with somebody recently, and we were talking about a certain individual, and, and I was just expressing to um, this person close to me about how many gifts. I said, this young person is more gifted than, it, it's the most gifted young person I think I've ever seen in my life. I mean, they just, they just gifts galore. Like they could go so many different directions with their life and be successful because they're so gifted and how it just seemed like they were just wasting their gifts, getting wrapped up in just foolish things, foolish things that were just wasting the gifts God had given them. So tragic, especially to think about how those gifts could be used for the kingdom of God. 
so tragic. Or to see how God has given them natural gifts and abilities and they actually use them in a bad way. So, you know, like natural leadership abilities, but instead of leading people like a good leader is always seeking to bring out the best in people and to make people better, they actually make people worse because of their leadership abilities. They hurt people around them. They actually get people to sin by leading people into sin. So, that's the most tragic thing I can think of. Let me ask you this. Are you using the gifts God has given you? Are you utilizing the gifts that God has given you? God's given you your gifts to be used. Are you fully engaged in using your gifts for the Lord? Or are you wasting your spiritual gifts, talents, or abilities that God has given you? Or, you know, maybe it's time to get off the sidelines. Maybe it's time to just stop watching everybody else and, and to get engaged in serving the Lord. Christianity is not a spectator sport, all right? Everything you read through the scriptures, it's about doing. God talks about doing. You know, there's so many. Go, do this, do that, minister, you know. Just so many things. You can't just sit and be an effective Christian. You need to be engaged in the work of the Lord, specifically in evangelism and discipleship. Now, there are diversity of gifts, but the same Spirit. And there are different administrations, but the same Lord. And there are diversity of operations, but the same God, which worketh all in all. So we see here in the next passages and in the next two verses, we see that God has given different roles that are to be filled in the church. All right, there's different roles that are to be filled. Uh, some of the roles we have in this church is pastor, deacons, um, teachers, ministry leaders, ministry workers. We could go on and on with all the different roles that are fulfilled in a church. All right, I'm not going to name them all. But it says administrations and operations. So clearly from, from, from this, it's talk, there needs to be organization in the church. Okay? Um, administrations, leaders, different operations, the, the integral working. There needs to be organization in the church. And if we're, we're unorganized, as, specifically as ministry leaders, if we're unorganized, for those that are in charge of different ministries, you know, uh, usually when you're disorganized, there's waste that happens. And we never want to be wasteful with the resources God has given us. We always want to be wise with the resources. That could be wasteful of money. That could be wasteful of someone's time right? You're unorganized. You're being wasteful of the, the volunteers that come in. You're being wasteful of their time because you're, you're unorganized or being wasteful of, of opportunities or, or even being wasteful of somebody's potential, you know? You're just not utilizing people like you should or, you know, we need to be organized in ministry, all right? Um, let's look here. Now, there are different diversities of gifts, but the same what? Spirit. There are different administrations, but the same Lord, there, and there are diversity of operations, but the same God which worketh all in all. So I noticed something really interesting here and really important. It says the same Spirit, the same Lord, and the same God. So you know what I, the, the Lord just showed me this uh, as I was studying is that there is unity when God has the Lordship in our lives and in our church. There is unity when God has the Lordship of our lives and in our church, all right? There is unity when each and every one of us are filled with the Spirit, when we're walking in the Spirit, when we're walking with God. God doesn't fight against Himself, right? When we're filled with it, there is unity in the church when we are all 
spirit-filled and we're walking with the Lord. God doesn't have conflict with himself. There is unity when we are all serving and moving in the same direction. You know what? In the church, Christ needs to have the final say. Amen? Christ needs to have the final say in what we do. And when we're being led by the Lord, and we're being led, and we're being filled with the Spirit, and we're being led, when God tells the church, like I'm talking specifically Fellowship Baptist Church, God tells us to move in a certain direction, we move in that direction together as a church. Amen? Together, moving the direction God has led us. When God leads us away from something, which God does do, He leads you away from something sometimes, we do that together in unity as a church because we are all filled with the Spirit. We are all serving the same God. God gets the leadership. God gets the Lordship. And of course, we lead ultimately for the goal, which I'm going to say it a thousand times, but evangelism and discipleship, that's what it comes down to. Evangelism, leading people to Christ, goal of the church. All right, that's what we all should be doing, telling people about the gospel. Discipleship, teaching others through the word and our lives how to follow God. All right, that's discipleship. It's really not complicated. All right, this is why we need to be spirit-filled as a church so that every decision we make is of God. Every decision we make is in the will of God. You know, I believe if we really understand this, this should bring great weightiness to our positions here in the church. This, this should bring great um, seriousness to understand what we are doing, right? We are uh, 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 serving together for the purpose of God. We are on mission with God. It's not just something we do because we got nothing to do with our lives. Serving God with our lives and with our spiritual gifts, when we do that, we are moving together. We are part of the moving body of Christ. All right? I think it should bring great seriousness and weightiness to everything we do in the church. Mark chapter 16, verse 15. And he said unto them, Go ye into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. Let me ask you this. Imagine this. Imagine you're sitting in your home and uh, all of a sudden you get a knock on the door. And you go and you answer the door, and, and at the door, there are guys in black, crisp black suits, crisp white shirts. They got their earpieces in, black sunglasses, unmarked SUVs, black SUVs with tinted windows. And they say, we need to take you. You've been requested uh, in the Oval Office. Whoa, would that be pretty intense? So they escort you out and you, you get into the car and there's a whole caravan and they're driving you and, and you pull up to the White House and you're like, is this even real? This guy's going to kill me. Pull up to the White House and they, they get you out and these guys, very profound, you know, they don't smile, by the way. They just, cold, stone cold and they, they lead you in and you come into the White House and they take you to the Oval Office and, the, and you walk in there and there's the president and he goes, hey, come in, come in, come in, hey, come in here. It's like, man, you know, I want you to know I've been watching you. I've had my eye on you for a while. And you have some, some, some gifts, you have some talents, you have some things that we've been looking for. And I've got a very, very special mission that I need you to be a part of. What do you say? First off, that would literally be like the greatest honor of our life to get called into the White House, to go into the, to the Oval Office, 
And to know that the president had been watching us and he had a very special mission that lined up right with our own gifts and talents that he had for us to do that was an essential mission for the survival of America. <laughs> Listen, we would think that would be an honor. How much more of an honor? If, if that would be an honor, having an earthly king to, to, to have something like that, what, how much more of an honor is it to know that we have a mission from a heavenly king? Now, from the king of kings, specifically tailored just for you. It is an honor, the position that we hold in Jesus Christ. Listen, we're not just serving our church. We are part of the mission of the church. We are part of God's design for his children. We are on mission to lead sinners to Christ, disciple them so that they can lead sinners to Christ and disciple them. We've read it before. Jesus came and spake unto them, saying, All power is given me, given unto me in heaven and earth. Go ye therefore. By the way, just to note, note that therefore, Jesus said, All power is given unto me in heaven and earth. Go ye therefore. What he's saying is that power, all power given unto me in heaven and earth, because that has been given unto me, go ye therefore. Because of that power, I now give that to you. Because of who I am, because all power, all power in heaven and earth has been given unto me. Therefore, because of that, I give that to you. Go ye therefore and teach all nations, sharing the gospel, baptizing them in the name of the Father and Son and the Holy Ghost, teaching them to observe all things, discipleship, whatsoever I have commanded you. And lo, I'm with you always, even unto the end of the earth. All right, here we go. Last verse. Um, verses 1 through 7, and we're going to end on this last verse. Now there are diversity of gifts, but the same Spirit, and there are different administrations, but the same Lord, and there are diversity of operations, but the same God which worketh all in all. But the manifestation of the Spirit is given to every man to profit with all. This is so cool, all right? So he talks about all these things, and then this is what Paul says. He says, these spiritual gifts, all of these things, these administrations, they've all been given to you for your own profit. For your own benefit, God has done these things for you. I think about how when Paul uh, said, you know, I, I don't ask you to, this isn't like the exact quote, but the idea, he's like, I don't ask you to give because I, I want you to give and I want to get something from you. I seek for you to give because I know God will bless you because of it. These things have been given to us for our Benefit. The word profit here means benefit or, advent or uh, edification, an advantage, a benefit, all these things. Christians have been equipped with spiritual. We've been equipped with our spiritual gifts primarily so that we can serve those in the church, so that we can serve the world, sharing the gospel with them. But that's the great paradox is that the more you give of yourself, the more benefit you get. You know, it's, 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 it's the paradox. You know, it's, it doesn't make sense. It, it's uh, ironic, right? The more you give yourself away, the more God blesses you. The more you minister to others, the more God blesses you. The more that you get, the more advantage you get, the more you give yourself away. So God has given us these spiritual gifts to minister to our brothers and sisters in Christ, to minister to a lost and dying world. But the, the, the great thing is, is the more you do that, the more benefit God gives us 
He, it's been given to us for our benefit. We also see here that we are to use our gifts publicly. How do we know that? Well, it says, uh, we know this from the word manifestation, but the manifestation of the Spirit is given to every man to profit with all. Manifestation, this means to be openly and publicly seen. So the gifts of the Spirit are to be openly and publicly used. All right? We just don't use them in our house, hiding, just ministering with ourselves. You are to use your gifts and abilities and spiritual gifts. They are to be used for others to see. The manifestation, to be, to be manifested in the church, that is to be used to edify the church, to be manifested in the world, that is to be used to benefit the world in reaching them with the gospel. And when we use them, there is great benefit for us. So cool. Last thing. We also notice here it says, the manifestation of the Spirit is given to who? Every man. Talking about Christians. Kind of mentioned it. If you know Jesus Christ as your own personal Savior, God has given you His Spirit. He has given you spiritual gifts to be used to minister to your brothers and sisters in Christ. Be used to minister to a lost and dying world. And when you do that, there is great benefit. God has given us our gifts to be used. How are you using your gifts? Are your, are your gifts and abilities being used to benefit the body of Christ? I don't know if they are or not. That's a question you need to ask between you and the Lord. What am I doing to benefit the body of Christ? Are we exercising our spiritual gifts to contribute to a healthy church? A healthy church is a church where its members are engaged in the work of the ministry. It's the way God created it to work. All right, I'm not just making this up. This is some, like I'm just sharing with you God's design. Just like a car has a very specific design. Do some people use cars for purposes they are not designed? <laughs> yes. <laughs> Going and driving up uh, sand dunes. Like... Porsche. He was driving his Porsche up sand dunes. I was like, wow. <sighs> Rich people. <laughs> How awesome would that be? What are we going to drive up the sand? You know where you drive on down sand? Like, what do we drive sand is? I don't know. We got an old Porsche sitting out back from 2013. Our gifts are to be used to reach the world. And when we do this, there is great benefit. Let me ask you this. Last thing. Are you part of the body of Christ? Are you sure that you know Jesus Christ as your own personal Savior? Maybe the reason that you just don't feel like every time you're around God's people and you feel like really uncomfortable, maybe it's because you're not one of God's people. I don't know, okay? This isn't, I'm just asking. This is between you and God. Why is it that you feel so uncomfortable around other Christians? Because... Your body should not feel uncomfortable with your body, right? It should feel like working together in unison. Why is it that you feel so uncomfortable around other Christians? Only those who have accepted Jesus Christ as their own personal Savior are part of the body of Christ. And is that you tonight?
You know, we're all sinners and we've all sinned before a holy God. The Bible says that there's a penalty for sin and that penalty is death and hell. But Jesus, the perfect sinless son of God, came down and he never sinned, not even once. He died on the cross and three days later, after they took his body off and buried him, three days later he rose again, proving that he was who he said he was. Proving that he could do everything he said he could do. The Bible says that if we repent of our sins, that means to change our mind, to change our heart, to turn away from our sins. If we repent and believe the gospel, believe that Jesus was the perfect sinless son of God and he is the only one that can take the penalty for our sin and it's only through trusting in Jesus Christ that we can know for sure that we have a place in heaven and accepting what Jesus Christ did on the cross then the Bible says we can be saved if we truly believe and turn away. Repent to turn away from our sins. Not indulging in our sins to turn away from. doesn't mean we'll be sinless, but it means that God will give us a new heart. He'll begin to heal those broken places in our lives. He'll give us a desire to do what is right. Are you part of the body of Christ tonight? That's what the body of Christ is all about. It's all about the gospel of Jesus Christ. And we need to be seeking to bring as many people into this body of Jesus Christ as possible. There is unity in diversity. You have been listening to the Fellowship Baptist Church Sermon Podcast. We hope this message was a blessing and encouragement to you. If you would like more messages, visit our website at fbcclarklake.org where all of our messages can be downloaded for free. Also, you can subscribe to the Fellowship Baptist Church Sermon Podcast on iTunes, Google Play, or SoundCloud. All of our messages are available for free. If you want to keep up to date on what's going on at Fellowship, follow us on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram where you can see what's happening happening at Fellowship Baptist Church. If you'd like to visit us, Fellowship Baptist Church is located at 3200 Reed Road, Clark Lake, Michigan. Thank you so much for listening, and we hope to see you back here again next time.